Hey new mama, I remember being in your shoes and feeling so overwhelmed. I was battling mom guilt, trying to do it all, struggling to transition into working mom life, and just wished there was a place to go that would provide me clear guidance with simple, quick, easy solutions for the problems I was facing. Hey, I'm Lauren Francois and I created it for you. Welcome to the Mom Hacks Podcast, where in each episode I will provide you with a simple tactical hack in self-care, health, and wellness, mom life solutions solutions to simplify motherhood and even productivity, goal setting, and habit creation to make your transition back into the workspace that much smoother. Welcome to the show, Naptime Warrior. Now let's dig into today's episode. Hey guys, we are switching it up this week. I know this past month the episodes have really revolved around mindset and energetics, but we are bringing it back to motherhood today and I am so pumped to share this episode with you. I had the chance to interview my good friend Sam Ioha. She is a mom of three three, two, and under, and we're talking all things Enneagram. If you are not familiar with the Enneagram, it is a type of personality assessment, and it's something she has really dove into over the last few years and incorporated into her marriage and motherhood specifically. So we're talking about how the Enneagram has helped her in her crazy motherhood journey and become closer with her spouse throughout all of the chaos of having identical twins and then having three boys, like I said, two and under. You guys are going to fall in love with Sam. So let's dive right in. Ah, you guys, I am so freaking excited to have Sam with us today. Say hi, Sam. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much, Lauren. So Sam and I met, gosh, it was about a year and a half ago, and Mm -hmm. we just hit it off, and she is going to be talking to us all about Enneagram today. And I know maybe some of you are not familiar with Enneagram. Some of you are very familiar with Enneagram. I know a little bit about Enneagram, but Sam is the expert, and I can't wait for her to share with us how it's impacted her marriage and motherhood specifically. So Sam, let's just start off with like, how did you get into Enneagram? Like what piqued your interest about it at the very beginning? So I, I think I've always been this person that loved like personality tests. I love learning more about me. I think I went a huge chunk of my life. I just turned 32 really feeling like I was adapting a lot of my personality, a lot of who I was to who I was surrounding. I'm like, okay, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. And then I didn't know. And I was like, I want to know more. I've always been in, I've always been that person that didn't read like fantasy books. My husband's obsessed with fantasy books, all these. And I'm like, I want to like self growth. Like it's always been something that I've been intrigued by. And so any type of personality test, one of my biggest mentors in college, he was, um, huge in personality tests. So I did the Myers-Briggs and I learned about it. I learned about mine. I learned about my husband, boyfriend at the time, and it was just fascinating to learn it. But 
every one that I've done, I've, I've learned different um, aspects of me, strengths, weaknesses, but I felt like it was so focused on strengths and weaknesses. So I was at an event for fitness coaching. It was a small group of women. And there's a woman there who is a life coach. I wasn't a life coach at the time. And just her zest for life. She was the same Enneagram type as me. And I didn't, I knew what type I was. I didn't know like the details or anything about it. I just knew I took the test. I was an Enneagram seven and I wanted to learn more, but this woman, her name was Kelly, just her energy and her passion and just her ability to see who she was and to own it. She's like, I'm not good at that. I don't like to do that. All of the, rather than like, I'm going to work through it. I'm going to muscle through it. I'm going to, this is my strength. This is my weakness. She was like, this is just who I am. And she was so confident in who she was. And it was almost like, I was looking at the version of me that I always wanted to become and step into in real life. And so we're at this event and I'm just, I was immediately attracted to her. I'm like wanting to hang out with her, wanting to hear how she responded to like questions from people. And I'm like, just her energy and her vibe. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this human being is absolutely incredible. She's my same type. I really don't know what that means, but I want to do it because she seems so just confident in owning all aspects of her that I think in past personality tests, it would be like, oh, that's a weakness of mine. And I would kind of avoid it. Or I'm like, so hyper-focused on changing this weakness into a strength rather than just sitting in the fact that this is just who I am and, and owning it and owning like the quirkiness or the fun or just uh, me. I'm, I'm very spontaneous. I like being spontaneous. Whereas my husband, he wants a schedule. And so it was just like owning <laughs> these parts of you that I was like, I think for a long time, I felt like I was watering myself down a little bit, but also it gave me permission to be like, okay, Sam, I really want to learn a little bit more about this just because of the spark in this woman and her confidence in like just owning everything about her. And it was just, infectious. And I'm like, I, I don't know really what this is. I know what my type is, but I'm going to go home and I want to dive into it. And honestly, that's how I started my journey in me learning about it. And then my husband, his name's Nosa, Nosa about it. And then us just incorporate it into our everyday life. There's so many women who struggle with just accepting who they are and living into who they are. And I kind of talk about it as a state of being. It's how you be. It's how you are. And I think so so many times we do, we water down certain aspects of ourselves to make other people feel comfortable. Or society has told us that that's a negative thing to be that way. And it's so empowering to just step into this is who I am and I love who I am and take it or leave it. Like I'm not changing who I am to make you feel more comfortable. The most important thing is for me to love me. That energy is infectious. Like when you're around people like that, you're like, oh my gosh, they just, they have this aura. It, it's not anything they say. It's how they are. And it's, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I want to be that way too. So as you dove into Enneagram, Maybe let's dive into marriage first. <laughs> how did it how did it affect your marriage? How did it help your marriage? How did you bring it into your marriage? Is it something that Nosa was just really interested in right away? Or was it something that you had to be like, hey, you know, I'm interested in this. Would you mind figuring out what type you are? Because I could see my husband being like, What the heck are you talking about, Lauren? <laughs> yeah. So if any other sevens, and Lauren, your three, are listening to this, and the threes do this too, but like we get really excited about things and we just want 
we want to share it with other people. And it's not like, oh my gosh, I have to pressure you to feel it. But for me, I got so obsessed with learning about it and learning about myself. I wanted to know what my husband's type was. I wanted to know because I wanted to learn more about how he processes things, how he works through things, like how he feels about different situations. I'm an extrovert. He's an introvert. Um, if you're familiar with the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram seven. He's an Enneagram five, which Enneagram sevens, we're filled up when we're connected with people. Extroverts are too. So, but he's an introvert. He gets drained when he's with people. So he needs to fill up by being by himself. And so when we're both in this stress state, we both require things differently. So that can be really tough with marriage. And so I think we were, I got into it uh, three months after I had my identical twin boys. And so I had a rough pregnancy, high risk pregnancy because of twins, but I thought I was giving birth multiple times. And so I just held a lot of my stuff in. And so, so it was, it was therapeutic in the sense of me starting to do some self growth at a level that stepping into motherhood is scary. Stepping into motherhood is unknown, but, but also disconnecting from my husband. And I realized it at a level, I'm like, maybe this is a fun way for us to be connected. I was getting obsessed about it. I'm like, we just take this. And then he took it and then he read about it and he actually typed as a type one first. And he's like, I don't fully relate to everything. So we hired a coach and walked through his, and then he realized he was a five and he just read everything. And I, I remember listening to the chapters together. So initially it was like, Sam's just obsessed with it. I don't go with it. You know, because <laughs> I'm like, I just want you to try it with me. Um, I want you to learn about it with me. And I remember our boys had just gone to sleep and we listened. I was like, you know what we should do? We tried to connect once a week, make dinner. And rather than like eating while kids are eating or baths or whatever, that we're like, we need one day a week. And so that, that time I was cooking dinner, we had audible on loud through our speaker and we were listening to each other's chapter. The book road back to you was the first book that I read relating to the Enneagram. So we listened to chapter seven or chapter about Enneagram type sevens and then fives. And so the coolest thing was listening to each other's, but also learning more about how sevens function and fives, but also sitting in it together because you know, your spouse and you know, I'm probably more than than anyone in the world, but it's a different level when you start to see them for who they truly are. And if you're in the very beginning phase of motherhood or a new transition of a new baby, it's very easy to get upset and triggered by your spouse, especially with lack of sleep and lack of everything that I was like, I can't hold this resentment Nosa would say the littlest things or he'd be sleeping and my kids would be sleeping and I would be wide awake building a hundred lists in my head. Right. Um, and so I'm like, I don't want to feel this way towards him. And so understanding each other at a basic level and appreciating and like seeing that person for who they are, not who you want them to be or who you want them to show up as. And so I think it started out with me just being obsessed, learning more about my type. And then I'm like, Oh, of course, like, my biggest thing that I tell my clients is learn about you and then learn about your spouse or your significant other or whoever's in like within your four walls at home. And so it started out that way, but then you start to shift and really see someone for who they are. So Lauren, I would, I would get so frustrated that Nosa would come home and he'd need like 30 minutes 
to himself. Oh my God. I'm like, I just want you to come home and take these kids because I'm exhausted and please just do it. I feel like every mom has been there. Like, if you guys don't follow Sam on Instagram, you need to go follow her. I'll make sure she gives you her handle at the end of the episode and I'll post it in the show notes. But she is so truthful about motherhood. Like the things that Sam shares, every time she shares it, I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Felt that, felt that, thought that. And like, sometimes it makes you laugh and sometimes it makes you think, but she's just so, you're so truthful. And I love that about you. So continue on. I know, yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there with the annoyance of like, how can you be, mine was always like, you were just gone from like 5.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. You have not had to deal with this baby all day. You've been alone. You've had quiet. It's been blissful. My husband drives about an hour and a half to work each day. So I'm like, you get quiet time in the car and like, don't come home and tell me you need more time. Like, I'm dying over here. No, totally. And so, and we joke about it now, but in that moment, it was a lot. Like, I just remember counting down and then he was stuck in traffic and Nosa's um, commute. So we live in the suburbs of Chicago and he works in the city and it would take sometimes an hour to get home, sometimes 90 minutes. And of course those 90 minute ones, I'm like, my gosh, please. So I was just, I was at a point where I was like, something needs to change because I don't want to feel this way when my husband walks through the door. I don't want to feel this way when like handing my kids off because I'm exhausted. There's a difference between finding that balance as a mom. Like I just need a break. Like we all need breaks. We all need to find that balance. But for me, I just felt like I didn't like this feeling that I was feeling towards my husband because it was, I mean, I journal these out in the middle of the night and I'm like, if people read this, they'd be like, Sam, should we be concerned? But it's those <laughs> moments that you're like, you're pure, pure exhaustion. And you're like, if he asked me where the diapers are, when he knows where the diapers are, like I might lose it. It was like these little moments where we're like, I need to calm down. But it's also the Enneagram. Again, we laugh about it now, but the Enneagram has taught us to speak our truth at a whole different level and to accept each other at a different level. So he'd come home and he'd need 30 minutes. But what I realized is when I give him that 30 minutes or I give him, I mean, he's working from home now. So when he goes down, down, downstairs from working upstairs and to be with our three kids now that his energy in the room is drastically different. When I give him space as an introvert, as an Enneagram five to, to just decompress. He's connecting with people all day. So he's exhausted for me. I'm like, I want to connect with people all day. That's what gives me life. And then I'll have that energy when I step into being a mom and when our nanny leaves and it's just, it's appreciation for each other. You may not fully understand it, but conceptually you understand that introvert Enneagram, like he's the life is sucked out of him by the end of a work day and he needs that time to refuel. So he's present. He's truly present with me and with the kids. And, and then the opposite of, I need that connection with him. I need that connection with him. I need that space. He has grad school this weekend and I am going to see my parents. It's not easy to drive three and a half hours, but for me as an extrovert, I need that. And so it's him appreciating that it's a teamwork. It's partnership that he's going to miss his kids. And this is the longest that he's been away from the boys, like probably since all of them were born. And, but it was, it's that space of, I need to fill myself up as an extrovert. Enneagram seven, we just love being around people. We, and it's with my immediate family. It's, I need that. And so you start to see your spouse 
your partner, whoever you're doing this with, that it's like, you see them for who they are rather than like, oh gosh, I wish Sam could do this. Or I wish Sam would just be fine. Like being home. COVID is my husband's dream. Not be <laughs> like not having to do all these things, like being like with his people, like with us, like he's fine for me. I'm like, I miss my friends. Uh, I miss planning trips. So I plan a hundred trips in my head. And so learning the Enneagram in our marriage, it's allowed us that space to say, but also look at each other and realize like when we're getting triggered for me, I become very black and white. I transition and take on unhealthy traits of a one. For those of you following, it's like very black and white. There's no like middle gray area. It's like, this is right. This is wrong. And so I'd start to get in those moments of, of like being like, okay, when my husband asked me about diapers, and we're running low, like he has two hands, he can grab his phone, he can order on um, Amazon, like he has our account info. And so it was like, rather than doing that, speaking my truth of, I feel really overwhelmed. Can you take this over? Mm -hmm. Or just sitting in the fact that it doesn't make me an imperfect or doesn't make me a failure as a mom because I'm running low on this or, or whatever I tied it to initially, just sitting in that. But also as sevens, I've learned more about myself and historically when someone would say something when I'm in a stress state or an overwhelmed state or an exhaustion or exhausted from the night before of not sleeping, I would take it out on my husband or take it out on who you're with. Maybe your kids are a little bit older, but it's, it's those moments that you realize that, okay, I'm stressed. What, what are my needs right now? And for me as a seven, I would just muscle through it. I'd be like, I can do it. I'm independent. I'm going to work through it. But instead, I really just needed to ask for help. I really needed to say I'm overwhelmed. I feel exhausted. And learning about how I process things and how unhealthy me would do it. But really, it's just it's just seeing us for who we are and accepting it. And I think that's the coolest thing about learning about each other's types. And it's almost like we view it now as like a fun game. We're like, Oh, that's such a five thing. That's such a seven thing. So with the Enneagram, it's easy to just define yourself as a type, but it's, it doesn't make it an excuse at all, but it, it's fun to learn about each other and to learn like, Oh, I get it. And then we, and then we just laugh about it. So he's very, I'll give you one example. And we talked about it the other day about our household that historically it would be like my husband getting frustrated or me getting frustrated or overwhelmed that laundry would build up. So the way I do laundry is, and I have to laugh about it rather than be critical about it mm -hmm. in myself that I put the laundry in and I press like, you know, the buttons and it goes and I know when it's done. I'm like, okay, I got to transition it over. Majority of the time I either have to rewash it cause I forget cause I'm doing a hundred <laughs> other things or I got it there. Yeah. there. It's, it's the oh. washer wet for like a day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh -uh, that's You're like, this probably isn't good. Everything's going to smell really, really bad, but you know, and whereas my husband would be, so I'll, I'll do a million things. I'd get it done and it would be two hours later and then I'd switch it. And then, you know, that, that time period where like nothing's wrinkled and you want to take it out and fold it. Mm -hmm. I always miss that period. I don't think <laughs> I've ever made it in my life. And that's fine. And I'm doing dishes, laundry, I'm dancing with my kids. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to do laundry too. And, or I have to put it in the laundry basket. My husband will fold it right away. For me, that's just my flow. And I have to, we have to laugh about it. And whereas my husband, we have laundry bins that have labels on it that for each kid, for each room and 
so many laundry baskets, but that's his flow. And we laugh about it too. We could be annoyed or stressed or try to live to these expectations. I mean, Nosa would be lowering his expectations, expectations to live on mine. And I would be like raising mine and also feeling like uh, a failure because I'm not always sticking to it. Maybe I do it for one week, but then it's exhausted. And, and I don't feel like this flow of, you know what, I'm just, I just don't like laundry. I'm going to do it the way that I do it. It gets done. And that's like the big picture of it. And so if you take those examples and whether it's the laundry or your approach towards parenting that they have to coexist. And when we try and make someone change or we don't see them for who they truly are or wanting them to be more like us, then everyone feels that energy. Everyone feels that tension. Trust me, we check each other all the time because we start to see like when Nosa's exhausted and he needs a moment away from the kids or I do, or I just need to get away for a second. I'm like, I just need to walk outside. And, and we start to see that, but also see each other as like, we need each other and we need to do this together and learning more about each other allowed us that space to laugh about the laundry, to laugh about like my husband being like, neat and organized and me i just love the the not chaos but i just love the flexibility of not being like check this off and then this and then this it's like i'll get it done but it might be kind of all over the place where for him it's like Whew, okay i'm just gonna deal with sam but it was now we just love each other for who we are rather than like trying to change each other and how powerful is that like for real how powerful is that to understand your spouse at a level where you you understand why it is they're doing the things they're doing. I think that's the big thing is this gives you an understanding of why, like the why behind what they're doing, the why behind what they're saying, the why behind how they're acting. Because I know I, I need to have my husband take it. He sounds a lot like Nosa, like a five. I don't know if he'd fully be a five. He's a little bit extroverted, but not a lot. He's definitely more of an introvert. COVID is like his favorite thing ever too, because he would be fine just seeing the same like three people for the rest of his life. Yes. And he definitely is one of those people who needs like his own time. He needs quiet. That's like how he recharges. He loves to go on like these hunting trips out in the wilderness all by himself where he's around no people. And you know, when you understand that, I think especially in stressful situations, it makes it so much easier to not judge or to not like lash out. And it's just like, that's just the way he is. That's the way he processes things. And it allows you to, yeah, allow each other to do the things that you need to do in order to feel your best instead of thinking it's about you. So how many times could you think like, how could he not want to be around our kids? How could he come home and not want to help me? Like he's been alone or away from them all day. Like, what is it about me? And so often we turn it on us. Like, why, why are they doing this? Why can't they see it's super hard for me? Why don't they understand this? Why can't they read my mind? Blah, 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 blah. All the things that go through our head, especially as new moms. Mm -hmm. And I think this just gives you such a deeper level of understanding of why your significant other is the way they are. Does that sound right? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, I, and we do this thing and it's called sharing our truth. And it's like the way that we connect. So we're both head people. So the Enneagram is split up in head, heart, and body or gut. And we're both head people. So we process 
things through our head. So sometimes we can be so up in our head, especially in stressful situations that we need to bring, like connect to our heart, like bring ourselves back down. You're in the heart triad. So you feel things like you, you process things through your heart. Like you, you connect on a basic, like human level emotionally. And that's how you process it for me. And for Nosa, we have two head people running our house basically. So we can seem disconnected from our own truth. And sometimes we have to like bring ourselves back down. And so one of the things that we do is like, we share our truth. And so I think the, the biggest thing that has changed in our marriage is exactly what you said, Lauren, like I could view it as I've been home with all, with these kids. I'm exhausted. They're not sleeping. One's sleeping. Another one's not sleeping. I've cleaned the house a hundred times. Like the house doesn't even look like it when you walk in. So I feel like I'm all of these things. Mm -hmm. And then your spouse walks in, asks you about, Oh, you must've had, like, I remember Nosa saying, Oh, you must've had a rough day. Cause like the house was a disaster. I'm like, it was clean like five seconds ago. Um, I swear, but it was like, I almost didn't need to, then I felt annoyed that I had it or like, I even thought that way or that I had to impress or like all of these things were coming up. And, and he was like, can I just get like 30 minutes? So it was this whole idea of, of it, but this is a great example because when we sit in our truth, and we, when we sat in it and rather than building it up and then eventually we argue about it or we are like, okay, what's going on? And rather than sitting in and we start to say these right now, like right in the moment, rather than build up and like, oh, you know what you said last week? Like it really got me, like it really hurt me. Like I felt insecure. I felt overwhelmed. Say it right now. Say it in the moment. And whether you have like this secret code or you're like, can I be real with you? Like giving them permission to like let their guard down and say, this has nothing to do with you. But when you say it, our spouses aren't malicious. Like mm -hmm. they're not trying to hurt us. They're not trying to make us feel inadequate. And you're right. We all make it personal. And so when I'm like, when you walk through the door and you say that I am so exhausted and I feel like a failure. I feel like I'm not cleaning this house. I feel like all you see is this little moment, but you don't, you miss all the moments in between. I don't feel appreciated. And when you come in and you say that, I feel like right now in my life, mothers don't get validation mm -hmm. when you're in your corporate job or you're growing in your career externally, your bosses, like the people around you, they're constantly validating you or you're, or you're getting a promotion or you're getting connection with other people that as a mom, we don't get that. We don't get the validation. And I was like, I, I feel that way when you say that. And he was like, I'm so sorry. Like this happened at work. I, um, like the traffic was whatever. I feel overwhelmed. This is also happening at work and he's in grad school and all of these things. He's like, I feel like I'm drowning. And then I'm like, I feel like I'm drowning with the kids. <laughs> and so it's like sharing our truth and, and him also saying, when you, he even said it to me, he was like, when, when I see your energy shift, I take it personal. I'm like, how can I help Sam? And then he drives himself further into the ground and then it just further disconnects us. So like mm -hmm. his truth, he shares my truth. I share. And then we say, okay, what can we do about it? But we have to hold space for each other to say, this is what I'm feeling. When you say this, when you do this, when I do this, my current situation, and then him. And for a lot, a lot of times when we're triggered by our spouse or we are annoyed about our kids, not, or maybe we, we had a bad mom day and we are like, I yelled at my kids or whatever it is that you, you stuff it down and you're like, I'm just going to get through it rather than who I had a bad, like, you're not a bad mom. You're a great mom, but you had a bad moment. That's mm -hmm. it. And it's just acknowledging your truth in that moment versus like stuffing it down and having things build and build and build and lashing out or 
not even knowing what you need or why you're upset or why you're overwhelmed, but maybe you're just overwhelmed by all these little things that you're in charge of that you, when you speak your truth, especially with your spouse, your partner, your, your person that you feel like almost a release, even though nothing's changed, you just feel good knowing that, you know, where I'm at right now. And also it's like clarity for your own head where you're like, okay, this, this is really how I feel either moving forward. And this is really, really hard and it's going to get a little bit better or we need to figure something out. We need to schedule a date night. We need to schedule a babysitter to come over so we can reconnect or so you can sleep. Like, what does that look like? So powerful. So powerful. So how has the Enneagram impacted you as a mom? Because guys, as I mentioned, Sam is a mom of three, two and under, which is like, insane to me. (laughs) She has two identical twin boys who are not even two and a half yet because they were born right around when my daughter was born. So, Mm -hmm. and then she has a seven month old little boy. So how has Enneagram helped you in your motherhood craziness? Like (laughs) chaotic, crazy motherhood journey (laughs) over the last, you know, two and a half, three years sitting in your truth and you have to get real with what is your truth. And a lot of times, especially as a new mom, I did this, I experienced postpartum anxiety and depression with my twins and I didn't realize it. I'm a master reframer. I'm an optimist. And so I was like, well, I should be really grateful because I had high risk pregnancy, but I'm in these moments of like feeling all over the place. And if I, if you take any away, anything away from this podcast, I hope that you check in with yourself and say, what is my truth? And I, followed a lot of mommy Instagram bloggers, or I had a lot of friends before me who were just different than me, but I love them and respect them and my mom's voice and my dad's voice and how they parented or how I, my, my mother-in-law, whatever it is. It's like, you have all these voices in your head that contribute to what you're doing and you have to find your own footing and it takes a little bit, but should is like my worst enemy. And it was like, I should be doing whatever, whether it's nursing or pumping or formula feeding or like what you're doing, how you're playing with your kids or screen time, all these things that you as a mom get to make a decision. But is it your decision or is it, I am doing it because I should do it or, and so should was just always a part of my decision-making process and it overwhelmed me. And so learning me as a seven let's just say when I started out with my twins and then this second time around, it's allowed me to see me and embrace me at a whole new level that I, I pumped and breastfed twins for three months. And it was the hardest thing in my life. I barely slept, but I did it because I thought I should do it Mm -hmm. rather than check in with myself and say, is this good for my mental health? So this postpartum journey, I had mastitis week one, And I stopped. I was like, I have toddlers. I can't even lift them up because I'm in so much pain right now. Like should was, it was like, I should be doing, I was rocking Noah is my, my seven month old. And it was one week at the time. I'm like, you have no idea what I'm like, what's happening, but I'm going to stop breastfeeding. I'm going to stop pumping. And it is, and I stopped. And it was those moments that I had to let that go, but I had to embrace that. Like the fact that those little, like picking up my, my toddlers at the time, like I couldn't pick them up because I was in so much pain. I'm like, and then I feel disconnected when you're bringing a second or another baby into your house. It's just this, you're used to just loving on your kids. And then you have a new like human being in your life. And so embracing myself and it allowed me to remove the shoulds in my life 
as a mother, I'm constantly checking and reevaluating, but it was just how I approached whether I breastfeed or not, whether I continue or not. I made the decision in one week and I never looked back and I feel confident that I'm an amazing mom for it. First time around, I just sat in it and I felt guilty and I felt shame. I felt overwhelmed and I did it and I hated it and it didn't feel right. And it was hard. Things are hard, but it was like, it got to a point where I wasn't sleeping and I was overwhelmed and it was just bad. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not being a good mom because I'm not even taking care of myself right now. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is like this, this weird thing about I should be, what should my kids be playing with or screen time. And or we all go through that process. I'm sure oh, you yeah. did too. I'm like, I never watch like TV with my kids or I have to do it to not lose my, whatever mom you are. And it feels good and right for you awesome. For me, I was like, I'm going to do this toy subscription. So developmentally, I know where they should be at and they're doing all of these things and they're learning all these things. That is not what a seven is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So now this time around, I buy toys that I love personally, that I will be on the floor playing with them. So it's this different, like, I would much rather have my kids be like, oh my gosh, I remember when mom like bought the, like had this blow up bouncy house in the house during like 2020 and we were bouncing everywhere and throwing balls everywhere and we couldn't go outside because it was freezing. I'm like, those are the moments rather than I'm going to stack these blocks. Like that's perfect. We have those, but I'm like, now I've shifted into, this is the me, this is the me that will bring my full energy, my extroversion, like everything that my kids will feel and what feels good for me. Like that's the seven, that's the me for, and like the ability to have one of them say, I played with this toy for five seconds. Okay, mom, you want to go outside? And I'm like, yeah, let's go outside. Whereas my husband is like, we're going to play with this toy. And then this, so he has a different approach. But for me, it's like with motherhood, it's allowed me that I'm just going to, I'm going to do the things that I am good at, that I love, because that's what transitions into my kids feeling that energy and that connection with me. And that's what I craved most. I think growing up, I crave now as an adult with my parents that it's like that connection of them truly being there. I don't even care what we're doing like mm-hmm. with my, with my dad or with my mom, but when they're truly there, that's what I remember. I'm like, I, I don't even know what game we played, but I remember being there and laughing and them just being really being there with me. I'm like, and that's what I'm all about. And I finally have stepped into it rather than I should be ordering this. I should be doing this. How many books have I read with them? All these things that it was just those things happen, but it's less pressure. And it's more of let's do the things that I can step into fully as a seven and then just bring them my full self when I am in mom mode. And that's like just accepting yourself. Like, I hope you guys are just nodding your head because I am sitting here just nodding my head at Sam. Like we're recording this on Zoom. I can see her talking (laughs) and my head is just nodding and nodding and nodding because like how powerful is it? And I know I've said powerful so many times, but to accept yourself and understand yourself to this level that she's talking about of removing the shoulds and, and just doing what feels right to you, even if it's not what everyone else is doing. And I don't know how we got to this point in society where like, there's all this mom shaming of like, if you don't do it this way, it's not the right way. If you don't do it that way, it's not the right way. Like you have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do that. Ultimately, you're going to be your best self and your kids are going to experience you as your best self when you're just 
stepping into whatever it is that works best for you because then you show up in a completely different way. And I'm exactly the same way as you with my kids. Like I would much rather go outside and play in the snow and go for a walk or let them like sprint around our basement like maniacs mm-hmm. than sit and play blocks or, or sit and play Play-Doh. Like I, I feel bad for myself. My son loves playing Play-Doh and I'm like, oh no, not that. No. <laughs> like, please. I just, I'm, I'm not super creative. So like all of those things that are like creative things, I'm like, that's just not my thing. And so, yeah, we can force ourselves to do those things or, you know, we can let them do them if they want to feel the way we feel about them and then do the things we love to do with them. Because I guarantee like, yeah, my kids are going to remember us always going outside, us playing in the snow, us going for walks, us going to the park. And I think it's cool actually that you and Nosa are so different and he loves doing those things that you don't because then your kids get like the best of both things. And that's not to say it's a negative thing. If any of you listening to this, you and your husband are the same or you and your significant other are the same. It's not like your kids are going to miss out. Like they just want to be with you at your happiest, at your best self. And so that's incredible that this allowed you to get rid of those shoulds. And I think that so many of you listening to this are probably craving that feeling, craving that kind of freedom of just accepting yourself for who you are and accepting whatever it is that you do or don't want to do and taking the pressure off, really taking the pressure off yourself of being a certain way, doing something a certain way, doing a certain thing, because I know our generation missed that memo. Like we missed the memo of tuning into doing what we desire to do. And of this idea of having it all doesn't mean doing it all. Like we don't have to do it all either. Like that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a thing. But I guess wrap it up for us. Like, I mean, you've said so many, just like I've had so many aha moments listening to you. To the person who hasn't, to the woman, the mom, the wife who hasn't dove into Enneagram, what is like the next step? What would you suggest them doing? You know, taking the test, reading a certain book. I know you mentioned a book. How, how do you feel like they can move forward with this? So a lot of times it, it seems completely overwhelming. And for me, I'm sure for you too, Lauren, just based on our types, and we have a lot of similarities that overlap between threes and sevens, but when I was reading it, I almost felt like I was put in this box, but I'm like, there's no way I'm a seven. So it's easy. The next step would be to take the test. I'll share my favorite one. I see a therapist every week. Um, that's my accountability for sitting in my pain. And that's like the biggest fear of a seven, uh, is working through negative emotions and pain. And so I, she is an expert in Enneagram and she shared this test with me, but, and this is one she gives to all of her clients. So I would say take the test and there are so many Instagram, amazing, incredible, dedicated, um, Enneagram accounts and they have graphics and it's aside from your favorite coffee for your Enneagram type. Like it gets, it gets a little, it gets way deeper, but those are fun. Cause you're like, Oh, that's so me. But <laughs> I would take the test and, uh, the road back to you is, so 
eye-opening. There are free tests out there um, that you can take on the internet. The one that I'll, I'll share with Lauren, it's $10. I'm not associated with it. I don't get paid with it. It's just this test that my therapist loves. I love, I send to my clients now um, before if they know their type or if they want to just confirm their type. It also gives your wing type, which is either number on each side of your, your core type. And from there, I think reading the road back to you. From there, you can just don't put pressure. Like I need to learn everything. For me, it's like, what am I learning right now in my life? Like what, what am I, am I overwhelmed? Am I transitioning? Am I in a stress state? Am I in a healthy state? Do I not even know because I'm so disconnected? Is it complete chaos? Like, what do you want to work on? And that's when I started following accounts that were marriage related which led back into, it's all leading back into self-growth, like your, your journey toward the healthiest, most aware and mindful version of yourself. So you can bring yourself back. And so I think start in little chunks. Don't allow yourself. If you're a researcher, if you're like, I want to know everything right away, take the test, sit in it, let things come, listen to the book, listen to it with your spouse or read it with your spouse. It's really fun that way. And then you guys get to connect and then you laugh at each other and you're like, you really think that way? Like you really, and so it's just this fun, like flirty, you know, thing to do with your spouse. So I would say those two things, take the test and listen to, or read to the road back to you. And then from there, follow some Instagram accounts and you can just search them and start to learn based on what you're going through right now. Okay. So I will make sure Sam gives me the link to that test and I will post it in the show notes. And then I'm going to have her tell me her favorite Instagram accounts to follow to just to get you guys started. And I'll post those in the show notes. And Sam, how can people connect with you? Where can they find you? What do you have to offer? I know you're doing some Enneagram coaching yourself. So how can women connect with you? So right now at this phase in life, uh, Lauren said, because of all my kids right now, I am only doing one-on-one sessions. And so you can connect with me on Instagram. That's where I predominantly put all my content. I have been doing life coaching sessions, but first I do, uh, I know you're Enneagram type, so I can cater all of my coaching around that because I want to know who you, how you focus or how you process things and where your heart is, what you're working through as your type. And so I do one-on-one coaching, whether it's you want a better connection with yourself, a better connection with your spouse, you want to become more of a conscious parent, like, or I have, I have some entrepreneurs that I work with that they don't feel in alignment with how they create their, their business. They feel like they they're doing this because other people in the industry are doing that and they're successful, but it's not working for who they are. And Mm -hmm. so right now I only offer one-on-one sessions and everything's a link in my bio. I can give it to Lauren. Like my Instagram handle is samantha.eohat and it's I-Y-O-H-A. My husband's Nigerian. So it is an odd last name. Everyone's like, everyone always says Ioha, which is fine. But yeah, right now I only do one-on-one coaching and then eventually going to do some exciting things here this year with some coursework. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for you. You guys, again, I will include all of this in the show notes. You have to go follow Sam. She is one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. She just, like I said, she always makes me either laugh or think, or she's just so truthful in what she shares. And I think you guys are, I don't think, I know you guys will fall in love with her. So thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate it so much. And we'll have to do this again because Sam also loves to talk about living into the messiness of motherhood. And she, you know, she's two or three 
two and under, she's living in it. So I'll have to have you back on the show to kind of dive into all of that fun stuff. But thank you so much. Thank you, Lauren. Okay, Mama, real quick before you go, if you found value in today's episode, please subscribe, share this with your friends, and leave me a review. Leaving a review is so simple. I didn't know how to do it either, so I'm going to walk you through it. All you have to do is whatever app you're listening to this podcast in, find my show, scroll to the bottom, you'll see stars, and with those stars, you can leave me a rating and review. I'd love you so much for taking the time to do this, and each week I'll be sharing a review of the week because I want to shout you guys out. In all honesty, the reviews are what help this podcast get into the hands of other new mamas. Okay, I'll let you get back to your day. See you next time.